Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Diego and DeVore show. And they pulled somebody up from the grave, Derek Flair. And here I am to tell you that you're in the right place whenever you see the Diego and DeVore show on your screen. You are in the right place, and it's going to be big woo tonight. Welcome to another episode of the Diego and DeVore show brought to you by Anchor.fm. With your host, Diego De La Rosa and Lord Ever DeVore, we talk about all things wrestling, untold stories, current events, and what's to come. Step into that squared circle with us as we take you on a fun-filled ride. All right, here we go with another fun episode of the Diego and Divorce Show. Diego, how the hell are you, brother? Doing pretty darn good, man. I tell you, got my two little dogs behind me ready to go tonight. They always listen to our podcast as we go, so. Hey, that's two more listeners, right? So we need two more. It's two more. Man, although it doesn't have been that long since I've heard your voice, it feels like forever we haven't done one of these. I know, man. We went from pumping two and three out in a day to one every other day just to try to slow things down and, and you know, calm the madness down. But I tell you, man, I'm itching to get back to two and three a day. And as if I don't do enough, um, mm-hmm. today I signed up for college courses. Um, we got the uh, the, uh, the uh, podcast platform coming up, the PW247 that we're excited about the Diego mm-hmm. and Divorce show, and on top of that, doing UCW, man. So I don't know if I'm going to get any sleep for the rest of the year, but, you know, that's okay. No, man. If you want things to succeed, you got to sacrifice some sleep. That's okay. It's a labor of love, just like Absolutely. what we did when we were on the road. Absolutely. So we're talking about labor of love. So we have we have a, uh, a gentleman and, I, and a brother in wrestling that, and I'll use the generic terms of, when you hear the word pro wrestling, you open up a dictionary, you damn well know you'll see this man's face on it. This is probably one of the hardest working men out in the industry today. And you see him, you see all over the feeds. You know, Damian Wayne on this show, Damian Wayne on the other show. He's been around right long after we retired. And right there when we were on the road, we ran into him every once in a while. If it wasn't in Virginia, it was in Carolina, it was in West Virginia. Yeah, he was tearing up the road left and right and, and still tearing it up today. God bless him. Absolutely. And everybody knows who I'm talking about here. We're talking about Damian Wayne. Damian, how the hell are you, brother? Hey, man, I'm doing good, fellas. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you and a pleasure to, uh, to see both of y'all. It's been a while. Uh, absolutely, man. It's a pleasure to have you on here. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's my pleasure, buddy. Anytime. Absolutely. You know, and on top of what I said earlier, it's not just trying to smoke up your skirt, but you're one of the most respected people out there in wrestling today. I mean, everybody we know has history with you in a positive way, whether it is you're giving them their wisdom, you help train them, you guide them, you keep up with them on social media, you check on them. They say, man, Damian Wayne, he's squared away. He's a good guy. He's the brother. He's family. It, it, that that means a lot to me that you know that i tell a lot of people that the the respect and and whatnot that i've i guess earned in this business means so much more to me than anything i've ever accomplished and you know there's like you said i i, I love the fact that I, you know i don't think you could probably find one person that would actually say anything bad about me at least i hope not but you know that's that really truly means a lot to me. Well, no, as a matter of fact, not only can you not hear anything bad about you, which is rare, especially in today's culture, but the the one thing that kept coming up when I was doing my homework on you, uh, because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of your work now. Um, everybody kept saying, Hey, check this guy, check this guy out. And I started checking him out and I'm like, man, this guy's, he's, he's legit. He's the real deal. And checking in on the companies that you worked for, the worked for, excuse me, the one thing that kept coming up more and more was 
what a workhorse you were. The, you know, you didn't walk in there and do the usual demands of today's workers. I got to go over it. I got to have a strap. I got to do this. I got to do that. It was, what do you need? What can I do to help? Uh, you were there to help the younger guys. You not only with questions that they might have, but just the overall development of the show to make the show go better. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I hate to toot my own horn too, too, but I wish there was more guys like me when it comes to that. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, that, that's what, you know, especially now when I get called for bookings or whatnot, one of the first things out of my mouth is, uh, don't, don't ex- don't think I I'm expecting anything. I'd rather you bring me in and use what little bit of name value I may have, and put your guy. You know, help me. Let me help you build your guy up. You know, let me help put your guy over and whatnot. That's that's what I want to do. You know, it's the winning and losing. Who who gives you throwing about that crap? You know, like you said, I'd rather help somebody's company or help somebody's baby face or heel, whatever it be, that means more to me than coming in and putting some strap on me or doing anything like that. And, or, or even if it's something in the back, you know, I, I take pride that over the years I've learned the behind the scenes part, you know? So I, I feel like I, I got an overall knowledge and if you know, they need help back there, man, I, I, that's all I want to do is help. I, I could care less if I'm wrestling first, second, main event. It doesn't matter. I, I, I just, I'm one of those guys that wants the show to be better. Right. Hey, you do it for the love of the sport, you know, just like DeVore did it this time as well. Amen. Well, the, the first question I have for you is, and I don't mean any disrespect to any of the workers out there, really don't, but I was discussing this the other day that there's no locker room leaders anymore. And you're clearly a locker room leader because you have that, that internal passion for the business, not just getting yourself over, but for the business in general, which you don't see a lot of anymore today. It's all about getting themselves over, getting that strap, selling the merch, which is an important part of the, the, whole, the overall process. But to me, it's more important to have guys like you with that viewpoint of let's make the whole product better, not just my little section. And that shows me that you've got that burning desire that isn't out. So let's talk about where did you first get your desire? When did you know this is what I'm going to (laughs) do? I was seven years old. I can I can remember the age. Uh, Stumbled, uh, stumbled across it on TV. Uh, seven years old well, it was uh, it was nineteen seventy eight, and I was Crockett uh, Middle Land Championship Wrestling because I lived in, born and raised in Virginia, Hampton, Virginia, right there in the heart of Crockett Promotions. And my girlfriend, dogs, y'all talking, Diego, you talking about you got two extras? You, I, I got five baby girls here all surrounding me. That's a beautiful they, thing. They can't, they can't be two feet away from daddy, buddy. Yeah, I feel <laughs> but, you there, man. But yeah, I was, uh, you know, I, I saw that and that was it, man. I was hooked automatically, bam, hooked so bad. And, you know, I knew from day one that that was, this was something I wanted to do. Um, I was the type, you know, that, hey, Wrestling's fake. Oh boy, I was ready to fight you. You know, you didn't talk bad about wrestling when it comes to me <laughs> growing up. And, uh, so I, I knew then, um, but as I got older, uh, you know, I was also a baseball head. Baseball is my second passion. Um, Who's so I was playing that, uh, Atlanta Braves. There you go. Atlanta Braves. And, and that also goes back to wrestling, too, because they always came on TBS. So I started watching, and I learned, to Dale Murphy and Bob Horner and Claudel Washington and Rafael Ramirez and all them guys were. So I said, hey, they're, they're going to be my favorite team. <laughs> so I've been a Braves fan ever since. But uh, so, you know, uh, as I got older with baseball, I didn't think, you know, wrestling was ever going to happen. And then, you know, I didn't wrestle in high school or anything like that. So it, it kind of got pushed to the side. And 
But I do remember uh, the day I graduated, my graduation day, I called uh, Luthez. Luthez had a school in Virginia Beach, and he told me that I had to weigh at least 200 pounds to get into school, and I couldn't break 190. So I was like, well, it's really not going to happen. Really not going to happen, you know. So I kind of gave up on that, and uh, then at the uh, ripe old age of 30, I stumbled across uh, VCW, which was uh, Virginia Championship Wrestling at the time. And that was on internet. That was back in the AOL dial-up days. So that, that was yeah. 2001. 2001 is when I stumbled across them. And uh, I was actually just a, a referee, ring crew. I didn't care. I was just all, hey, man, they're, they're here in my backyard. I actually really honestly really had no clue about indie wrestling. Because I grew up on Crockett, and that's what I saw was, you know, Crockett so much, you know, from Hampton, Norfolk, and Richmond. Um, so I was just like, you know, what do I got to do to help or get get in? And they were, uh, this was November of 2001, and um, uh, whoever I was talking to on the other, I'm more than likely going to say it was Travis Bradshaw, you know, of course, being the owner at the time, but... They responded and said they were getting ready to open up a school in March of 2002. So I took a chance, and uh, you know, here I am today. Wow, that's pretty cool. Do you remember your first match? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I want to say it was at the Gloucester County Fair. It was August 10th, 2002. It was me and another trainee named Trey Brown, who later ended up getting in the military, so he ended up stopped training. But uh, it was me and him against, at the time, the VCW Tag Champs, uh, Idle X and Greg Steele. And uh, they had me turn heel on our turn on Trey at the end of the match and join Devin Sturgis in Old School Empire, which was, at the time, Devin Sturgis, Preston Quinn, and Caesar Augustus. Ah, yeah, there's an old PQ. Yeah, that's yeah. an old name right there. Ain't it? <laughs> yeah, old PQ. You mentioned Idol X. I remember him. I wrestled him once over the Omni when when um, VCW read that hotel, that bar area, Middies. And then um, before that, he he had a different name. He called himself the Sexecutioner. I believe that's what he was called. Oh, and then wow. <laughs> he changed it to Idol X, and we had a good match that day. You know, you know the fans at Middies were very very into it. That place, yeah, it was it was good times. Uh, I'm sad that it, you know, they're not running there anymore. But that's a that's history. Like I said, when I said they were in my backyard and didn't even know it, but dude, I, I worked in that industrial park, like three blocks down from Middies, the Omni Hotel, and for three years, never knew that they had shows there. Never saw a flyer. And Typical dude, indie. They would, it's typical, but they packed the place. Yeah. Yes, they did. It, it, it's a bot show, bro. They don't care. Yeah, yeah, because they were doing the uh, pay-per-view gimmick. That was when there was one pay-per-view a month, and they would uh, yeah. run a show from 5 to 7, and if you paid before the show, then you could stay and watch the pay-per-view. Yeah, Diego and I, when we were there, uh, we were running a program with uh, Phil Brown and Steve Perez, too, uh, too Damn Smooth. And, man... Those matches were just amazing. That crowd was amazing. That whole period was just amazing. I loved it. I loved it. It was, it was definitely a great atmosphere. Now, doing my homework on you, I see that you trained with Tully Blanchard. Tell me a little bit, chat up on that, and tell us how that happened, and what did you learn from that? Oh, man. it was That was amazing because from age – from the time that I knew what wrestling was, when I knew it was a work, Tully became my number one all-time favorite. I was a major Tully. I think he's the greatest wrestler ever. Um, so when this happened, it was for Greg Price's uh, NWA New Beginnings that he was running out of Charlotte. And he brought Tully in to be the booker. And uh, for like, Four months. We ended up only having two shows before it went under. But uh, 
for like two months before the first show we got together the the guys that were on the shows got together at uh the high spots place with tully and uh tully would have whoever he was going to have wrestling on the show he would pair them two together and have them do some stuff and you know and of course critique it and, blah, blah, blah. and i had to honor and privilege to be with uh, Caprice Coleman on mm-hmm. both shows. So for one, I've got, I've wrestled him before that. So I was comfortable, of course. And then two, I know he's one hell of a freaking athlete and, and wrestler. So I knew uh, that I was going to have a great match, great time. So, uh, we, it was funny because he would, I, I still to this day kind of don't know how to take it, but he would, really critique a lot of the guy's stuff. I mean, sit there and really from start to finish. And me and Caprice would go in there and have our match, and it was maybe one or two things that he would say we did wrong, and then it was it was that. It was kind of short. So I just don't – today, like I said, I don't know how to take it. I don't know if I'm taking it as – hey, we did great, and he couldn't really say much about it, or he didn't really give a shit, but I, I don't think he didn't give a shit, you know, because we were the only ones out of the six or seven matches that it happened to. So, uh, just I observe everything, so of course when he was talking to the other guys, if he took them to a corner or something that I got as close as I could get the eavesdrop without being nosy. So, I mean, I tell guys, even if it didn't got anything to do with me, I watched the match. Mm -hmm. So I know what they did. So if I can hear him tell them what they did wrong or what they did right, then I'm learning too, you know? So just, I learned, I would, I think I, what I took the most away from Tully, and then after all this, I would go back and watch his stuff and to make sure, you know, it's like, okay, is he, is he, did he, did he do what he's preaching to us? Is this what he, and, and, and he did. So, but what I learned was he wasn't into the baby shine at the beginning, 10 minute heat for the heel, baby comeback. He says, I took him on a roller coaster ride. He said, if you go watch me and Ricky Morton, he said, I would get two minutes of heat, give Ricky Morton a comeback. Two minutes of heat, give Ricky Morton a comeback. Two minutes of heat, give Ricky Morton. So he said, it just, it was back and forth. So if you go and you watch a lot of my stuff now, it's, there's no heat, heat. Everything's back. I probably sell more than the babyface does. But that's what I took from him is to not drown out the overdo the heat work because and I've learned that all right, Boogie. <laughs> I think she wants to be on camera too. But uh I've learned that I've gotten better crowd response out of out of that than putting on heat and just giving those couple little comebacks. And I think if you know so that's that's what I learned from him the most. And then when he was booking, I did the same thing because it seemed like I, I noticed that he would grab after each guy's match, he would grab them and take them to the side. So there again, I was whispering, within whispering distance to hear everything he said. So uh, that, that would probably be the main thing I took the most is just to I guess if you go and you look at seven matches on a card, the majority of them are going to follow that basic baby shine again, right. long as healing. So I made it to where I took his advice and I didn't notice that it made me the different one on the match because my match didn't have that long beat. So I, I could probably sit here all night and tell little, th- little things that people d- that tend to forget about when it comes to wrestling that I learned from him. You know, it's just, just, 
almost things you can't put into words. Right. It's almost because, you know, it, I tell guys so many times, you know, it's a little thing. When you watch these guys from back in the 80s and stuff, watch, watch the little thing. Don't worry about the moves. We can all do the moves. Mm-hmm. We can all pick a guy up and slam him. We can all do that here and there. But it's the little, it's like, that's why I'm so into Randy Orton today. Cause Randy Orton from his top, from the very top piece of hair on his head down to his foot, the bottom soles of his boots, he makes mean something. Right. Every movement he does means something. So, you know, I was, was just talking about point. this the other day. It's you know, what you're what you're talking about right now is you got taught the why. Everybody yeah. can take a bump, but nobody, especially in these days, nobody's really taught anymore why to take a bump, or more importantly, why not to take that bump and wear them. Yep, it's, you're it's very right. important. And you know, going back to Tully. If I would take that as a compliment, because if you know anything about Tully, Tully's not shy. If he thought it was bad, he had no problem telling anybody that yeah. you, know, you shit the bed. Yeah, you're right. It, it felt great learning. Um, that's it's it, learning that from him, and, and I learned a lot of it from Ricky Morton. Also, uh, I've been around Ricky and got to work Ricky a lot too. But it's like, I tell guys, I was like, you can tell me to go work any guy in the locker room and tell me that I'm only allowed to throw two punches and one kick. And I'll be like, all right, let's go do it. I would have no problems going out there and be on another working match for 10 minutes and only have those two, those three offensive moves and make everything else mean something. And not too many guys can do that today. They'll be like, oh, shit, you just took all my shit away. I can't do nothing now. And that's what—that's another thing I preach to guys. I have no shit to get in. I have no – I don't have a repertoire. I got a few moves I like to do. My buddy Landell corkscrew elbow. That's one of my favorite moves that I've ever did since the day I got into business. There's been, time, there's been times I've went 10 matches – Without doing that move. No, because as you mentioned Billy Landell, he yelled at me one time, multiple times, back when we were <laughs> No. And I'm not trying to I'm not gonna bury the guy. You know, he did me a lot of great service telling me some stuff, but I think we were in New Jersey for Carluzzo. Was it for Carluzzo? Yep. Or like or, we were in Paul Paulsboro, New Jersey at a high school. And, oh, I hear the babies. <laughs> Well, you know, that's a home security system. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you can't get no better than that. That sounds like the little fella. I'm gonna step up them outside for this. Stop barking. Come on, girls. Yeah, it's the the the, the little six pound Yorkie around a bunch of pits, but she thinks she's the baddest one. Yeah. So it was one of my one in my younger days. So. I was a big fan of the corkscrew elbow myself, so I put that into the mix every once in a while, and he saw me do it one night. You know, it might not have been in Jersey. I think we were working for a for Doug Gibson somewhere in Banana Town, Virginia, wherever that was, and he, top to bottom, said, I copyrighted that move. That's mine. Working me, you know, ribbing me was hilarious. He said, I don't want to ever see you do that move again. So I kind of did it on the next show. And he, I think he appreciated nah, that. It was a nah, humor. Come on, tell the story the right way. He was sitting there <laughs> listening to you put your match together. And uh, he was within earshot. And you mentioned the corkscrew elbow. And Buddy chimed in. You know, he got that comb with that blonde hair. And he said, hey, Buddy, wait a minute. I copyrighted that move. You can't do that. Every time you do that, you owe me your paycheck for the night. And you just kind of tilted your head to the side, and you looked at him. You walked right out there, started your match, and I think it was the second move. You bumped the dude, and he did the corkscrew elbow. And Buddy looked back at me, and he goes, "That boy's got some balls. I like him." <laughs> he was got, always awesome. I got a similar one with Manny Manny Fernandez. We did a, a match at uh, the Temple for VCW. It was uh, me and Ricky Morton with uh, Baby Doll. 
against Manny and um, oh god, what's his name? I can't think of his name now. He's a it was a Mexican kid out of Richmond area wore a mask. Um, it's all in the blank. But anyways, they were the two bay uh, heels, and me and Ricky was the babies. And I told Manny in the back, I said, I got a got a little tribute I'm gonna do for you, Manny. He's like, all right, kid. So opening that people was me and the other young guy and uh we did i did the uh drop down leapfrog drop down back elbow gimmick that manny did so i i hit that and as soon as i hit it manny stepped through the rope so i jumped up with the little brad armstrong baby face come on come on pose and manny stuck his head through the rope and he was like don't you Ever do that fucking shit again, boy? <laughs> Don't you? I'll whip your fucking ass. And he starts laying into me, and as he goes to go back and through the ropes, he said, "Good move, kid. Good move." <laughs> <laughs> I got a right. fuck with us all day. Yeah, I actually know because I know I've seen Manny actually really be mad, and some poor fella in a bar one day things started lipping up on him. Next thing I know, he's flying thirty feet. That's a story for another day. <laughs> but, you know, sure. Manny was good at you know he knows wrestling. Manny's wrestling. I mean, he's he's got a head full of knowledge, decades of knowledge. I've learned a lot from him too. He's also tr- helped train a lot of the people that we've come across with. So, moving forward years later, and something that we do is you know you always give back that knowledge. You give it to others. So, and I know that you've had a hand in training other folks that we know now or helping them, helping them along the way on the, in their wrestling journey. Can you name a few of your students or a few guys that shine out there that you're like, yeah, that's my boy right there. Uh, There's, there's three guys that I I had the honor to, uh, before I moved from Virginia to Tennessee the last like nine months, I had the honor to uh, train and some guys at uh, the PWA gimmick there in Yorktown. Um, Mad Max, Max Morrison, Rock Richards, and Urban Legend are three guys that uh, that I kind of took basically under my wing as my little kids, as, as Brandon, you know, PQ, and Phil did me, and Booth, and all of us growing up. You know, I, I kind of did that with them. And uh, they uh, really especially Max, they really took everything to heart and, and, and took everything I said and they, and they ran with it. They, uh, Max has really branched himself out and, and has really made a big name for himself on the independent scene. And, um, Irvin's, Irvin's been doing pretty, pretty much the same with, you know, in his case and rocks kind of slowed down, you know, having the the kid and everything. Uh, but other than that, you know, I, I, I feel very proud about, you know, them, them three guys right there. And, uh, and uh, I, now I can feel how, you know, Brandon and, and, and Phil felt about us. You know, it's, it's like, I guess you're you know, like your mama bird or daddy bird letting the, the babies fly off and watch them grow. And so it, that feels, that feels really good. You know, that, that feels good there. And, you know, I, and like you said, at all the shows, uh, it's funny because, I can, before my match and even after my match, if I might sneak out and sit with the wife. And as soon as the match is over, I'll be getting up. And she used to be like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm getting ready to go talk to them and tell them what I saw. And now she's like, she don't even ask because she knows exactly where I'm going to go. And because if, if I had the privilege to have people, do it for me so why not you know me pass it on you know i've i've been blessed to have be on shows with some of the greats and they took the time to pull me to the side and and tell me things and help me learn and grow so you know that's that's all i that's the least i can do is try to, to give back to them if they that you know and it's like i tell people i was like you know even if you don't understand what i'm saying now it could be two weeks, two years, 20 years down the road. If you're still doing this, something might trigger, you know, happen or trigger in your head and be like, Oh shit. So-and-so just told me that two years ago. And here it is actually happening. Cause I tell, I learned, I, 
I bring so much from baseball to wrestling. One of the things I brought, that uh, old baseball coach told me was to listen to what everybody's got to tell you because you might think it's bullshit now, but tomorrow it might not be bullshit. And you'll be like, damn, what they just told me I should have listened to. It might be bullshit, but then you can let that go out your ear and, you know, and out the other ear and, you know, it, it's nothing to you. But listen, at least listen. And that's that's how I learned. And, you know, I, so I try to pass on my knowledge that I've had the, the privilege to learn and uh, and hope if, if I can help people, then that, that's great. I, I love being a teacher. That is, again, same thing with baseball. When wrestling's over, I, I would love to, to coach baseball. You know, that's just, just in my blood. That's awesome. And, and we're talking about from the time you started training to the time now and passing that knowledge to the others. And then there's a few things. We speak about time, DeVore. We talk about Invicta watches. Oh, absolutely. You want to talk about passing something along to the next generation. An Invicta watch is something that you can pass on for generations to come. Because Invicta watches are truly the best watch on the planet for the money. And I'm a fan of it. I know you are as well, Diego. You've got several watches and so do I. Absolutely. And, oh, there you go. See, for the fans that don't know, Look Damian at this. Wayne is an Invicta fan. He's rocking the Invicta. And uh, here, fans at home can't see it, but there yeah. you go. That's no work. The man just pulled it out from his wrist. Show the Invicta watch. Yep. Got two of them. It's one of my favorite watches on the planet. And if you want to get an Invicta watch, we're going to tell you how to get it today. Simply go to ucwforever.com. Go to our partners page. Scroll down to the Invicta banner. And right now, they got a great deal going on. We just got through Father's Day, and I'm sure a lot of you fathers out there, you got that ugly Father's Day tie or that ugly Father's Day shirt. Treat yourself to a watch that is the focal point. It's going to be the centerpiece. It's going to be the talking point. People are going to look at that watch on your wrist and go, man, that's a hell of a watch. Where did you get it? Well, you got it by going to ucwforever.com. Scroll down to the partners page. Click on that Invicta banner and get yourself an Invicta watch today. Absolutely. Now, our Invicta watch cult grows by the each podcast. Absolutely. Because, you know, How we talked to Scrap. Damien? I got two of them. That one right there was a uh, gift from my daughter and son-in-law for Christmas. They got great taste. Yes, I saw it and fell in love with it. And next thing I know, come Christmas, they got it for me. That's how it starts. Pretty soon you're going to have four, five, six kids climbing. <laughs> but get, getting back to you, Damien. So, and we talked about pre-show earlier, how we, we've run into you every once in a while. And you wrestle for every letter promotion out there. So out of all the ones you've worked, which one has stood out the most? Where you're like, man, these guys got their shit together. Or, man, I really had a good time here. I've had great quality matches, great quality shows. Um, There's been a lot of those. I mean, I, I've got late in the career, I've gotten to where I, you know, I can pick and choose. And I kind of know who runs what. Um, so I've had the privilege to be on a lot of quality stuff. And, you know, of course, WWE's got, you know, they pretty much have their stuff together. Uh, Ring of Honor was pretty, pretty much. I was there for uh, Gabe Sapkowski's uh, little run. I was there when Adam Pierce was the booker. Um, they, you know, of course, top notch stuff there. Um, well, speaking of those two, walk us through. You know, how did you get into the WWF? How did you get into Ring of Honor? Um, WWE gimmick was. Uh, Rick O'Brien and W.A. Mm-hmm. Richmond, uh, they came in and I guess they reached out to him and said they needed some uh, guys that looked like this and this, that, that type thing. Um, so there was a handful of us picked to go. Um, it was for a raw taping at John Paul Jones Center at UVA. And um, we went there and Phil was there. So, you know, that, that, Felt good there, because having one of your trainers there, too. So mm-hmm. he was there, and uh, 
I think they asked him who were the ones that he would trust putting in the ring and whatnot. And me was there. Chris Escobar was there. Um, can't remember exactly who else, but I know Chris was teaming with Alex. Um, oh, why am I drawing these blanks all of a sudden? But a guy named a young kid named Alex there in the area, and they were going to wrestle Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch, and I was actually going to wrestle uh, Umanga. I think it was like Umanga's third third match on TV since his debut. And I forgot who it was. One of the WWE guys come up and well, he walked by and looked at me and says, you're the one wrestling in manga. And I was, yes, sir. And they were like, no, we can't have that. You ain't no baby face. You don't look like no baby face. <laughs> so they, they stole Alex out of the tag match and put him in my spot and put me with Chris, which comes around full circle because me and Chris came up together. We trained together and all that at BCW. So it was great to have that experience with, you know, Esco. And we wrestled Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch on the Sunday night heat gimmick. And um, that was, (laughs) that was a hell of an experience just coming out in front of that crowd, of course, you know, 10, 11,000 people um, just being in that experience atmosphere uh, um, now for the younger generation that's striving to get there tell them because the only people that understand it are the people that have been there you know you've been blessed you work for Vince I got I got a couple matches up there my mainstay was I got to work for WCW and it's a whole different animal and a lot of these guys don't understand it's a completely different animal when you walk into that company. So give this new generation just a little peek behind the curtain of just how different it truly is. Um, Besides the money it, factor in production. Yeah. Um, I would say different wise is... Um, To, to be honest, to me, it seems like I took it as you only saw a few that actually walked around and seemed like they were happy. Um, I don't want to say anybody was like walking around sad or upset. I, I, it was, it's, it's totally business almost. Um, very rare do you see a group of guys hanging out laughing and having a good time it's usually a group of guys talking business or talking about something going on that night that's they're getting ready to do everywhere you looked it was it it was business there was it seemed like there was the the only socializing going on was the extras us extra guys were the only ones because we didn't have, for, at the beginning, we didn't have a clue if we were doing anything or not. So that was all we had to do was socialize. It, it, um, so back, you know, back there it was more business. It wasn't like, hey, you know, you walk into a show now, and and I think that's one of the problems is now guys come to a show and it's more of a hangout than it is a job or a business. They're there to hang out, have their match, and hang out some more. They could care less about anything else. So that's the big shock when they, when somebody who's never been there goes there and they sit there. And, and, and like, I, like I said earlier, and I tell a lot of young guys, observe, sit back and observe, shut your mouth and just observe. And that's what I'll, I'll, I'll walk off by myself and sit in the corner and just watch just so I can learn or see what's going on instead of trying to fit in and you know because you know it's, it's like this last time i went i know i know the majority of the guys there but they're there still for business so they won't there to chat with me and and whatnot and so i still 18 years in i sat over in the corner and i observed i watched i, I got close to who I knew I needed to get close to and listen or just watch what they were doing or watch these two guys go over their match or, or, or watch the, the, the agent tell, you know, just hear what he had. 
that's what I did when I'm back there. But, you know, from what you were saying, it's, it's more business. And, and a lot of guys, they, they spend 10, 11, 12, 13 years doing the indies and everything becomes so, um, comfortable to them. And they get there and they're not comfortable no more and they're out of their, their element. And they, they well, I don't, don't know how to handle that. Yeah, they, they get chewed up and lost in the background because they don't know how to react to the business environment that it truly is. You're right. So Ring of Honor, how did that come about? And did you enjoy that uh, more than you did WWE? Uh, yeah, because I got to do more. Um, me and Rex Sterling, uh, we, uh, me, him, and a fan. Do y'all, uh, you, you may remember the old uh, airplanespin.com gimmick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, old Cashflow X, uh, Mike. Me, Rex Sterling, and him went to New Jersey, Edison. Was it Edison? Might have been Edison, New Jersey for a Ring of Honor. And me and Rex had our little demo DVDs, and we were going to give them to Gabe. This was before, of course, before they uh, – this was while Nigel Nigel McGinnis was uh, champ, and he was having those uh, knockout brawls with uh, Orishima, the Japanese dude. Everybody said it looked like Japanese Terry Gordy. Uh, but we went there, and we uh, we watched we watched the show, of course, and the thirty-five Gabe during intermission, this and that. And then we stayed after the show, and we couldn't find Gabe. So we were like, you know, fuck it, let's just go give it to somebody, see what happens. So we walked close to the ring, to the ring crew. They were tearing down the ring, and uh, we actually gave it to, I don't even know who it was, some big dude we gave it to. And, uh, and at that point, we won't expect anything. We won't like, really expect them this dude to give these things to get. Um, but six months later, we both got an email from Gabe asking us to come do some pre-show matches. And um, we got to go... Uh, I want to say my first one or our first ones, I want to say was back in Edison. And I think I worked, uh, I know I wrestled, uh, Rhett Titus. Yeah. He so was a tremendous worker. Was, yes. And he was just fresh out of their school. And then I think Rex worked Grizzly Redwood. Dude, I'm not even sure if he's wrestling anymore, but, um, so we got to do quite a few, uh, pre-show gimmicks we got to actually wrestle each other in philly for the do or die show and that that, i gotta rank that probably in my top five experiences ever in wrestling just for one being in front of the philly crowd two getting to wrestle rex who's one of my you know talk about somebody you'll take a bullet for rex is just one of those guys for me and Two for Ring of Honor, and then you know, then to win the crowd over and have them chant, "Please come back, please come back." That was just that was a very amazing moment. And um, so we got to do a few more of those. But Gabe told us he's like he, he loved our stuff. Uh, he just didn't have a spot open on the Ring of Honor roster, but would love to have us full time down at FIP, which was Full Impact Pro in Florida which is their, like, sister promotion, which a lot of the Ring of Honor guys worked, and then a lot of guys that they were wanting to bring in the Ring of Honor came through. So we got to run down there for a few years. Um, I think uh, it started out, we we both, they put both of us with Sean Davis and Phil Davis, the Heartbreak Express, uh, was a tag team out of Florida, but they did a gimmick where they lost a match where they won't allow the team no more or something, blah, 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 blah. Sean became the manager. Phil became the, the muscle man behind the manager. And then he started Heartbreak Enterprises. Me and Rex got to be a part of that as a tag team. So that was pretty fun. Um, 
Rex had to get out for personal problems or personal stuff or something going on. He got out of wrestling completely for a little while. And they let me bring somebody else in, which I brought Chris Escobar in. So me and Esco got the team down there, and then Esco broke his leg. So, oh, is that where he broke uh, it? Uh, he didn't break it there. He broke it on a, another show somewhere in Carolina, I think, because he did it twice doing the same freaking – I saw a moonsault move off the ropes and hitting the guardrail. Ugh. Yeah. That's why my feet don't leave the ground anymore. Uh, no. <laughs> I always say I learn my lesson and then I don't. So I can't sit here and say that. <laughs> but uh, um, so th- wh- when Gabe, Gabe ended up leaving Ring of Honor and FIP, and it, that kind of seemed like the – 13-hour one-way trips to Florida wasn't worth it no more because it just seemed like I was getting put in bullshit matches and this and that. I got to work some great talent, but it just was seemed like everything was throwaway matches. So driving to Florida from North Carolina once a month just ended up not, you know, it wasn't there no more and stuff like that. So, But those, those few years, I got um, Gabe, Great Gabe put me in the main event at a Manassas show to where I actually got to wrestle for the Ring of Honor world title, where it was uh, me versus Brett Albright versus Claudio Costanoli, who's Cesaro, and uh, Nigel, who was the champion at the time. So, you know, Gabe, Gabe put me in some good stuff. You know, I can't complain about that. I really enjoyed it and, and, and blessed that he he was able to do that for me he put you know i got to work necro and uh delirious um uh shoot i'm drawing blanks now but he he was gabe gable was the one it seemed like he 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 liked what i was uh, he liked me you know it was in florida for fip the first my first night there, I wrestled Jarrell Clark, Mr. 450, Mr. Something-something. Uh, great guy. I mean, we had a great, great match. Love him, too. Um, and as soon as I walked through the curtains, had no clue, no nothing. I mean, it, it, as soon as my second foot come through the curtain, Gabe was right there and says, after this match right here, I want you to go challenge Eric, who's Eric Stevens, uh, for the Florida title. I was like, holy shit, okay. <laughs> so yeah, Gabe Gabe was pretty high on me. So yeah, that that, that was that was that was a great experience. Well, I tell you, man, I, I don't miss those long drives. I feel you. Those drives, 10, 12, 14 hour drives. I know Diego didn't like him any more than I did. And there's something out there today that I wish that Diego and I would have had back in those days. And that was something that would give you more energy for those drives. And it's called Rogue Energy, and Rogue Energy drinks are unlike any other energy drink out there. You've got your Red Bull, you've got your Monster. You take that drink, you get that high, but unfortunately, a couple of hours later, you crash. You want that nap. Rogue Energy, it's all natural. You drink that drink, you get that energy rush, but it's a sustained energy throughout the day. And it doesn't taste like a metal can, which is more important for people like me anyways i love the drink and i love the taste of some of these things but it tastes like you're drinking a piece of aluminum foil rogue energy my personal favorite is a fruit punch and diego for our listeners out there today we got a we got a great special going for them tell them about how they can get that rogue energy and what we're going to do for our listeners of the diego divorce show well whether they order our favorite fruit punch or not they can still get 10 percent by using the promo code Diego and Divorce Show. Diego, hit the shift key, the number seven, the little squiggly and Divorce Show, 10% off code. And you can't beat that 10% off, man. No, and there's absolutely. a plenty of, there's a variety, there's a six pack. And what is that one special, that tub you're talking about the other day? Well, they got this special going on right now. It's called the Patriot Shaker for $14.99. It's a really cool shaker. And it's got the American flag logo on it. And you get a six pack of each one of the flavors that they have for you to try out and decide which flavor you like the best. And if you like a certain flavor, they have an opportunity right now where you can get 10% off of a tub. So once again, you want to go to rogueenergy.com, enter in the promo code Diego and DeVore, and you're going to get 10% off that purchase today. 
Yeah, we definitely needed that after those long drives. We just had coffee back then. I don't even think what they had monsters back then when we first started. Or no, sir, there were no, no monsters or Red Bulls back then. It was just no, cap- they ran a drink. Yeah. Yep, uh, you drank French vanilla cappuccinos. I and did. I drank coffee by the buckets. Well, that's all we could afford after a hot dog and a handshake. That's all you had left, man. <laughs> you got a hot dog? Damn you. I got a raise, man. I got the pat you on call the it ass a and a good job. Days? Yeah, that's a successful day for me. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> nobody pulled the curtain like I did, brother. <laughs> so, so, Damien, where can the fans find you now? What's going on in your world today? Where can they see you next? Um... Right now, I just uh, I, my social media is mainly Facebook. I I get on Instagram and Twitter maybe every once in a while on the blue moon, but mainly I, I'll update and keep all my information on Facebook. Um, of course, with the pandemic, everything's been slow. Um, I will be uh, in Nashville on July 25th, which I just got booked this morning for that show. It's Coastal Championship Wrestling. Uh, super crazy will be on it. I think it's going to be a more of a lucha style show, mm-hmm. which now I'm wondering how my old school style ass got on lucha style show. <laughs> <laughs> so I might have to show them that I can do a flip or two, maybe. Um, but uh, that should ought to be fun. Um, Pablo Marquez, uh, guy I've been pretty friends on Facebook for a while. It's going to be an honor to finally meet him. But he's the one putting on the show, as far as I know. Um, right now, other than that. Um, the only other date that a company kind of has in stone is going to be, oops, I don't want to release the date yet because of commission stuff, but it'll be in, in Virginia for, uh, hopefully for UEW in Richmond. Um, other than that, uh, until things pick up, uh, yeah, you know, the wrestling wise, I won't be doing that for a while. But other than that, uh, you know, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, you know, that's where I share all my stuff. They can come check me out there. I'm a, uh, share my Hot Wheel collection and my dogs. And uh, other there than wrestling, go. you're gonna see <laughs> any merchandise. Um, not at the moment. Uh, I got, everything was gone before you know this started. Got over, so I should hopefully be getting some new, fresh uh, gear out before I you know get back on the road. And uh, I got new T-shirt design that I'm I'm ready to get done. Just just waiting for things to start back up. As we, we all are. are too. Yeah. So, speaking of that, now that you moved to a whole different state. What uh, what promotions are out there that you've been working for? Um, out here, I got uh, it was it, for one moving out here to Tennessee was great. It was almost like a, a revamp for my career, uh, restart, rejump, new. It seemed like the first few months I was here. Every time I was posting on Facebook, it was first time this, first time that, first time this, first time that. So that felt that felt great, you know, and. Uh, a lot of great talent out here. Um, I uh, born and raised a Mid Atlantic guy, so coming here to the Mid South and learning about more about the, the Memphis history and the Mid South history was is amazing. Um, what I would probably consider my home promotion here is in Franklin, Kentucky, about an hour up the road from where I'm at. Uh, New South Championship Wrestling. Um, Great, great talent there. Um, got myself, got Chase Stevens, uh, Chris Michaels, Jeremiah Plunkett. Um, good, good crop of young kids. Uh, it's owned and ran by a gentleman named James Carver, who wrestles as Christian James. He uh, also was uh, training, training some kids there. We've got good crop of young kids that came up through there. Um, Brandon Wolf, uh, uh, Exotic Dale. Um, Sean Hurley, um, real good uh, young kids. Um, East, uh, pro- well, not, within probably about an hour of me in a general area, uh, Burt Prentice, if y'all remember who old Burt Prentice is. Oh, yeah, he's USA uh, Wrestling. Yes, yep, he's running the USA Championship Wrestling um, around here. There's a good here. kid down there, by the way, if you ever get a chance and you're working for Burt, 
tell him you want to work with Danny Dollar. Oh, I know who Danny is. Yeah, he he, he hasn't did much for Bert in a while, but I know exactly who you're talking about. I know Danny Dollar really good. Yep. Um, then uh, there's some good stuff on the Eastern Tennessee part. Um, um, with the uh, there's Resolute Championship Wrestling. There's uh. Uh, of course, uh, Tony Gibbons is innovate championship wrestling that, that way. Um, I've been, uh, I've gotten my, my son and granddaughter live in Arkansas. So I've been going, I got in with a company in Arkansas, WCWA, uh, world-class wrestling association. Um, I've had nothing but a blast working there and the talent there is top notch. A lot of guys out of Texas coming there. Um, but and, you know, the amazing talent there. So I'm having a blast there, and I'm hoping to get get my foot back in in the door in Texas. It's been a while since I've been there, so I've been talking to a few people there. Um, but um, like I said, I've been picking and choosing. Um, uh, if, if it's if it's Worth the while, I'll make those drives. You know, my Arkansas is eight hours. I don't mind. You know, I get to see my son and granddaughter, plus a quality promotion. Um, I still go back to Virginia. That's 11, 12 hour drives, but that's home. So I don't have a problem doing that. So all the other long drives, they have to mean, you know, it, it's got to mean. So I hate sounding like the dick, but if. If it's just for Joe Schmo against Joe Schmo, I'm not going to do it. It's not right. it's not worth my time. But if you say, "Hey, man, come ten hours to wrestle Chance Profit," I teach. I'll be there. You mm. know, it's, so it, I pick and choose now. I, well, there's I'm, a I'm rematch that I would so particularly cool. like to see, which I just watched uh, a couple weeks ago. As a matter of fact, when I saw it, I, I called Diego and I said, "Man, you got to watch this," and that would be. You against your student, Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, not sure if we're going to have a chance to uh, have any rematches here soon because I kind of uh, um, pushed and got to get us a line there at UEW, me, Max, and Rock together as the Lords of Chaos. So hopefully we'll get the race held together. But yeah, I had a, I had a lot of fun. I, I got to uh, it was it's great because I think I've worked Max maybe once or twice, and I've got to work Rock maybe two or three times in singles matches. And uh, so uh, getting wrestling them, but both was was great. It was a blast. Very good. So now, and I know it's gonna be shameless as shit, but so you went to Tennessee. <laughs> No, oh, here we go. No, no, no. I even wrestling room. We all know about the history of Memphis wrestling and barbecue Memphis style. And you know darn well what I'm talking about, Mr. DeVore, about meat and bone. Oh. Summer's here. You can't go nowhere. The grocery store comes to you. You can grill those fantastic steaks at meat and bone. Absolutely. And and for you guys out there, the summertime's coming. The COVID is hopefully coming to an end. And where you want to get your barbecue at today is Meat and Bone. Meat and Bone is based out of Florida, and they have some of the finest beef on the planet. But they don't just specialize in your steaks. They have chicken and fish as well. And for you exotic steak lovers, they have steak from Japan. What you want to do is go to ucwforever.com. Scroll down to the partners page, hit that meat and bone banner, and get the steak that you want this summer. I tell you right now, you can't beat it. They ship it within the continental United States within 48 hours and dry ice. It comes to your door, ready for you to grill. So go to meatandbone.com and get your barbecue on today. That's a good thing about summer, but you know, you don't have to wait for summer. You can grill all year long. Absolutely. Love some good barbecue. See, he's on board too. <laughs> hey, I lived in Carolina for a few years, man. I know some good barbecue. <laughs> I do. We got miss, a good spot you know what? back home. I do miss that about North Carolina trips. We found, and I, Diego, I don't know if you'll remember it uh, because you, you know, you've got a way better memory than I do. 
Um, Allegedly. We found this pulled pork place down there. Do you remember that? It wasn't a, I don't know, Big Shirley's or something? Home of the Belly Buster? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, Sh- Big Shirley's house or something like that. But man, that pulled pork <laughs> barbecue was amazing. I don't know. I think Big Shirley might have been a somebody's a company after the show <laughs> i get those two mixed up but either way <laughs> see how you are man you, you i know she knew how to cook shit <laughs> i know i know she knew how to cook barbecue pretty good but anyway <laughs> I, i'm terrible i'm sorry so i'm getting close to the end of the show so if we can wrap up so how can and you're already booked enough as it is you haven't i don't know where you get the energy so if anybody wants to get a hold of you say you know for bookings you know, later for more merchandise, let's go over again, your social media one more time. So the, the folks can get a hold of you. They, they can just finally basically find everything on Facebook. Just look up Damian Wayne on Facebook. Um, uh, and uh, like I said, that's, uh, I ain't got the time to keep up everything everywhere <laughs> or the, the energy, put it that way. I don't know how some of these guys, I, I preached like I preached to Max and Rock and Aaron. And I was like, man, you got to whore yourself out, man. You got to do this. You got to do that. Here them three cats are doing it. My old ass is sitting back, not doing shit. <laughs> oh, see, you need that rogue energy, but, brother. Yeah. That I need energy man. gimmick. You know, it, and then like, you know, shit, 95% of my career has been on the road on my own. So I never have anybody to sell gimmicks for me. So, you know, it was never, never something big for me to do. I think in 18 years, I've had three t- t-shirt designs, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's just never been something that I, 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 I did. Like I said, I've always, and then I hate sitting out at a table because I'm always trying to to talk with people and, and socially walk or, and I, I have to walk because if I sit around, I get too lazy and tired. So sitting in a chair at a table so much is just, it's just not me. I'd rather be up walking around socializing with people. So it just, the, the gimmicks has just never been anything that I've, I've gotten into. I don't know why I probably lost shitloads and tons of money not doing it, but, you made up for it with your work, man. Because, like I said, sitting here watching you work, it's it's just it's it's one of those things where you sit back and you go, "My God, why isn't this guy under contract?" As, uh, yeah, age. <laughs> it's like yeah. WWE. They told me, you know, I had my tryout, and it was like they put me in the ring with a guy, and then they took that guy out and put another guy in, took another guy out, put that guy in, but kept me in there, and then they. Scott Armstrong pulled me to the side and was like, do you know why they kept you in and kept changing? And I was like, no, I have no clue. And he was like, well, because they liked what they saw and wanted to see if you could adapt. And so everything was going good until they found out how old I I was because I think at that time I was 37 or 38. And I know how it works. You know, I know how it works. I know how the age thing works. It works all the game. It is, it is, and you know, I could, I could be, I could be forty and work circles around that twenty-year-old, but they're going to invest that money in that twenty-year-old. So, I had a blast. I ain't complaining about it. I knew uh, I got put over quite a bit from guys there. Um, so, you know, I, I tell guys a lot that I've, I've had things happen to me that would make the normal guy in wrestling quit. And I was like, but the passion I had, there's nothing that could break my passion for wrestling. You know, I've been screwed out of two world, a world title, the NWA world title and the NWA world tag team titles. And if neither one of those made me quit the business, then there, there's nothing that's going, that could kill my passion. There you go. I said, mess was missing a lot of passion. So Damien, you know, we definitely appreciate you agreeing to do our podcast, man. I, I've been meaning to catch up with you. For, for the last few years but you know life as it is but now let's make it a point at least keep in touch because you know we travel the same roads we just can't seem to be in the same building for too long yes sir yes sir there's too many of us that's uh lost touch over the years that that uh that i'd love to get back in touch with definitely well definitely have to make it a point to do it so brother thank you for being with us god bless and be safe in your travels Thank you guys, man. It's been a pleasure. It's a pleasure uh, seeing both of you again and talking to both of you. And uh, anytime y'all want to have me, man, I, I'll get up here and talk years off. Oh, definitely. We'll 
do an all-nighter. I appreciate that. Everybody ask Damian Wayne, do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube. If you can find some of Damian's matches, make it a point to watch them all night long. So, Mr. DeVore, if you can flex your golden pipes and take it home. Thank you so much for listening to the Diego and DeVore Show. You can find us on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as multiple other platforms such as Speaker. We would like to thank our special guest today, Damian Wayne, for being a part of this show. And like Diego said earlier, find his matches, sit back and watch them because you can definitely learn something. We'd also like to thank all of our sponsors, Invicta Watches, Rogue Energy, and Meat and Bone for being partners with the Diego and Divorce Show. So thank you once again, all you listeners, for listening in, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you.